0: Hi, this is Howard Jacobson and I'm delighted to be talking today to Lindsay Nixon, the Happy Herbivore. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. Hey. So, um I got to know you a little bit or through your work, um, and I noticed that at the uh in the back pages of Whole, there's a whole page, I think we have that we share a publisher, so there's a, a whole page about your uh, Happy Herbivore series. Um, and I I have to mm-hmm. admit, um I've, I've ordered them. I haven't gotten them yet, and so I, I can't speak from experience. Although I, I do find myself um, salivating at your website, so that's definitely a good sign. Um, so, can all you, t- Tell us a little bit about um, what is the Happy Herbivore, the the website, the books, and then we can kind of go into uh, what you do and your journey and uh, and other important stuff.
1: Sure. So about, oh gosh, I guess it was October um, 2007, I had just a few months before that switched to a whole foods, plant-based diet, no oil, low fat. I I had read The China Study and I read some other books that were also supportive of this lifestyle and I wanted to, you know, live it, but I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find a cookbook or really anything to help me and so... I was figuring it out on my own, and I thought, well, maybe there's some other person other than me out there that's trying to do this. So I started a blog, which blogs were very, um, they weren't as popular as they are today. They were relatively new back then. Um, And so I just started blogging about what I was eating and what I was making, and I called it Happy Herbivore. And never, you know, in my wildest dreams did I expect anyone to read it, but um you know people did and it became popular and that led to my first cookbook which I called the Happy Herbivore cookbook um and then that cookbook was a great you know it did really well so then I wrote Everyday Happy Herbivore and that one did well so I did Happy Herbivore Abroad which came out this past December and I have another one coming out this December so it's been you know a dream but really exciting but mostly I'm just really Happy that now there are recipes that you know follow this approach, this lifestyle that you and I both follow, um, for people to try whether they're looking to go plant-based or maybe start slow and just add more healthy meals into their diet.
0: <laughs> right, I'm I'm laughing because I um, I transitioned in 2004, and without naming names, I, I did find a couple of cookbooks, and they were they were almost enough. <laughs> To put me back on the standard American
1: diet. Oh yeah. Well, I did find a couple of like vegan cookbooks, but they weren't healthy. They used like gobs of oil and these strange ingredients that I couldn't find anywhere. So I had like that sort of experience here. I was like, oh gosh, maybe I can't do this. Which, but then I was just like, I'll be in the kitchen. Maybe I'll just eat beans, rice, and salsa forever.
0: Yeah, that's right. Your 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 trusty can over bec- can opener becomes your your best kitchen tool. On the- oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, So I have a bunch of questions about that. I guess the, the, the first one is, um, what made you want to go whole foods plant-based back in 2007?
1: So, well, I grew up um, most of my life vegetarian. When I was, I think, about seven, I was eating a hamburger, and we were in the car, and we drove past some cows, and it was the first time in my life that I had put it together that my hamburger didn't grow on a tree like an apple, and it came from a cow. And this is very upsetting to me because I love animals. And so I spent almost my whole life as a vegetarian. And then when I was in my late teens, my family and my friends really put the peer pressure on to, you know, for me to eat meat and eat dairy and eggs and all these things that I'd never really cared for, even as a child. And um, so I did. I started eating the standard American diet. And as, as soon as I did, my health just, I mean, it declined. I started getting horrible migraines. I, my skin was a mess. I had terrible acne, which was very embarrassing as a teenager um i put weight on substantially and of course my doctor was like oh it's puberty you know but it couldn't be the lifestyle change or the dietary change it must be oh, i am just changing my body changing and um my my health just continued to decline and then in my early 20s i had a very serious scare of cancer which was you know upsetting so i was so young but i'd also watched my grandmother die of cancer the year before and it was awful colon cancer all cancers are terrible but colon cancer was really really terrible on my grandmother and I didn't want that for myself, so I decided to go back to being a vegetarian, thinking it would help me make better, healthier choices, and it did. I was eating a lot more vegetables, I was cooking at home more, I was losing weight, my migraines were less infrequent, and I just found a thirst for knowledge, and I kept reading, and I kept reading, and I saw the China study, and um, I also read Skinny Bitch, and uh Mc- Uh, john mcdougall's he now has a book called the starch solution i think his previous book was the mcdougall program i read that too and i just was convinced this was it this was how i was going to prevent myself from getting cancer or heart disease or anything else um and i adopted a whole foods low fat no oil plant-based diet and i mean my life radically improved i lost weight i stopped getting migraines I felt amazing. I was in law school at the time, and my grades and my like attention attention in class soared. And my favorite thing I love to tell people is 10 months after adopting this whole foods plant-based diet, I ran a marathon when I was too out of shape to walk a 5K for charity the year before.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Um, so I'd love to, to uh to hear your your China study story because I remember reading it and and I was I remember where I I opened it because I was just going to sort of read it for a few minutes. I was sitting on a couch at a friend's house and like I didn't get up until it was done. And I felt like, like the world. <laughs> I,
1: I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt like the, my my world was just totally you know like like the universe picked me up by my feet and shook all the junk out of my pockets. Um, what, what, what was your experience?
1: Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I had, um, I was already, you know, I was like following a vegan diet. I had decided to eliminate animal products, um, because I had read, um, the McDougal program and Skinny Bitch. And while I was reading those two books, like I was literally reading them, someone stopped me and, um... I was in public, I was like in a park and said, oh, have you read The China Study? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And they're like, you should read The China Study. It's by Two Vegans. And they just left up walking. It was like the most bizarre thing. And I was just like, well, I want to read more books. I I I was really enjoying the books I was reading. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll read another one. And so I went to the bookstore that day, bought it. And I want to say, if I didn't read it all that night, I finished it the next day. I mean, I, I my life was changed. <laughs>
0: So what did it? What did it yeah, do? Yeah, some, you, you, were, yeah. you were already, you know, what part of the choir that uh, the Doctor Campbell was right. pre- preaching to? So what? What did it do for you?
1: I, initially, um, you know, I was really attracted to eating a plant based diet for vanity reasons. And I, I'm not embarrassed to admit that I I had been overweight. I didn't want to be overweight. I wanted to feel better and you know eat healthy, and that's how I ended up on Skinny Bitch and um, McDougal's books because they're both about, you know, well, being a skinny rich and, you know, losing weight. And, but for the China study to see the correlations with cancer, that really struck home with me because I had just recently lost my grandmother and, you know, there was a lot of cancer in my family. I'm, I, I would say probably half a dozen, including a cousin that's under the age of 13 have all had cancer um, in my family, and so it was something that's very at the forefront of my mind was then is now, and I didn't want that for myself, especially having had my own cancer scare so young and so it just convinced me like this is it. this is how I can avoid cancer um and I mean that was it. If I wasn't one hundred percent convinced that, that that did it that pushed me over
0: hmm. um, so i am I'm, I'm curious about. The transition, because I hear from a lot of people, yeah, I know, I should, I'd love to, and they can never figure out how to make it stick. So they'll 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 do it for two weeks, or um, you know, I I know of people who, you know, they, they 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 try going whole food plant based and they feel great, and then they find out they're pregnant, and then they got to scare and go back to what they think is is normative and normal. What was it like for you to to transition? You said, you know, you you did it quickly and you you had more energy and you were getting better grades. But w- was it hard? Was it easy? What was that experience like?
1: For me, having grown up, I think, a vegetarian, I I feel, and I never liked dairy products either, so I feel like it's just as easy for me because I did not spend my whole life, you know, eating meat and, you know, um, dairy. My husband is, he's plant-based. He loved cheese. He was a total cheese addict, which we know cheese is actually physically addictive, like, and he struggled so hard. It's very easy for him to give up meat, but he struggled um, with dairy and I mean it's been years and he doesn't want to eat it but he says he can still like feel like the addiction <laughs> like it's still there, it still haunts him and my parents actually they um, have been plant-based for a little about almost a year and a half now over a year and their big thing was my father had a heart attack and um, that was it. They were like okay we have to do this now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. Um, but I feel like my parents are very motivated to stick to it because my dad doesn't want to have another heart attack. He feels less that he got a second chance at life. And so that's very motivating for them. And so I think that's where it comes for a lot of people is they need some sort of motivation to keep them going. And, you know, um, that that's always, I think, the hard part. Because I work with a lot of people who have had, like you said, they felt great, but then they fell off or they got peer pressured or... Um, you know, something happened, they're pregnant, like you said. And I, I think, you know, it's definitely different for everyone. But I always tell people to hold sight of why it is that they're doing this, what their motivation is, is it to avoid sickness or whatever. And, and for me, once I saw what those foods did to me, like what was going to happen if I continue to eat them, I just saw them as poison. And so I don't even look at a chicken sandwich and think of it as an option or a food I can eat. It's just like, oh no, that's you know, that's toxic and I walk right past it, kinda of like how I'd walk past the paint chip.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, it um a, couple, a week ago I guess I posted a, a photograph that I took at a at a convention um uh, hallway where they you know they had the, the the food break and there was a big plate of crudite, like you know, cherry tomatoes, celery, carrots uh, cauliflower and right next to it was a tray of cookies and brownies and pastries and things like that and the pastry tray was like half empty and the crudité tray was almost full and i, th- I actually i actually <laughs> felt like walking past there i felt a little bad like i you know it wasn't actually my my conference <laughs> so you know i would have been stealing by taking any of it but i felt like had i been at that um You know, I'm mine for that and everybody around me was taking the brownies. I, I would have felt a little bad, a little deprived just taking this thing. Of, of vegetables and so I posted this the, the photograph with a question saying how do you deal with this and the people there were two basically two groups of people one group said oh I don't even I don't even think about that I just think of the cookies as poison you know like you said or you know mm-hmm. and then there was another group that was really struggling and I was struck by the difference in how they talked about it and the group that was struggling hadn't really committed to an identity Um, you know, yeah,
1: that's that's a good point.
0: Yeah,
1: um, a very interesting observation.
0: So, so I love that you know you name, I guess, yourself the happy herbivore, and all of us in your tribe as happy herbivores. And I love the idea that we're we're happy because so much of the, the language about diet is kind of fear based. And I wondered if you could you know talk about the difference between. A, a sort of avoidance mentality and a, you know, I want a vibrant, happy, gorgeous life mentality.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, one thing I always um, say to my clients is it's not that you can't have something, it's that you're choosing not to, which is an extremely powerful way of thinking. And like yesterday, my father-in-law was visiting us and he was drinking this um latte from starbucks and he's like oh you can't have this <laughs> I, you know he meant because it had milk and sugar in it and i not that you know sugar's a good fragment i don't need it whatever the point is it had milk in it and that's why he was telling me i couldn't have it And i'm like well actually i can have it i'm just choosing not to because i really don't want to put dairy into my body and i even saw within him that he kind of shifted his way of thinking because he never thought of it that way before he just looks at my diet is, oh, all these things are off-limits. And it's like, well, no, they're not off-limits. I'm not, like, allergic to them. It's just I'm choosing not to eat those things. And I see such relief, like a sigh of relief in my clients when I tell them that. They're like, oh,
0: that's
1: right. I have this power <laughs> to make this decision. Um, but I did like what you said about committing to an identity. Um, you know, like making that commitment with yourself, that it really, it certainly helps. And I uh, read this psychology book recently that actually said that's a huge um, thing for people. So, like, if someone, you know, starts doing a cleanup effort in their community, they start viewing themselves as, oh, I'm this person that does good things for my community. I'm this person that does good environmental choices." And So, even this one small thing they did, cleaning up their street with their neighbors, then makes them in their life start doing things, they found they started picking up trash and bottles and parking lots and throwing it away, which mm-hmm. is something they didn't do before, but they just started doing it because they had this new vision of themselves as this, you know, good-spirited person. And so that's why I've always focused on the happy is because you can, you're can you happy when you're thriving, and when you eat a whole foods plant-based diet, you do thrive, which makes you happy.
0: Right. That, that reminds me of another a study I read where, uh, a group of researchers went to houses in the neighborhood and asked them if they would put a big lawn sign up um, saying please yeah, wear- That's
1: the book I was reading. Uh, okay,
0: about mm-hmm. wearing seatbelts, right? And and nobody wanted to, yeah, mm-hmm. to to put that lawn sign up, but they asked them if they put a teeny little window placard, and everybody said yes. And then when they came back yeah. and asked them for the lawn sign, so they, they had made an identity shift, and now they were trying to be consistent with this new identity.
1: Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So you know it occurs to me that you know um and I, you know when when I work with people i don't try to get them to change anything except to maybe make one dish a week that's whole food plant based that they'll like just mm-hmm. you know, to, to see that they have the power to do it, as you said and and that it's got it's got this immediate positive feedback loop,
1: yeah, I have this um and it's so often how I find people don't realize that they already love and eat things. They, or oh, I don't want to eat plant-based because I don't like beans or I I don't like curry. You know, they always have these strange comments. And so I was with this um, woman. She's married to a friend of mine. And she's like, oh, I could never be plant-based. Oh, the food is so gross. I just, I couldn't do it. And she just, I mean, she really went on for a while. And I just happened to, like, See what she was eating, like we were, we were at like a picnic and I realized that she had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I just like started laughing and she's like, what is it? I'm like, well you're technically eating a plant-based lunch. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, well, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, that's, that's, there's no animal product in that. And she's like, well, there's butter and peanut butter. <laughs> and I think I, like, crushed her soul to tell her there was not really butter and peanut butter. So but, no, I mean, her whole lunch, which, I mean, it was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with, like, carrots and an apple. And I think she had, like a fizzy water or something. But, I mean, it was a plant-based lunch, and I was just like, and this woman had just gone on for 10 minutes about how she could ever do it. And this is a lunch that she probably takes to work pretty often, you know. I It was it was funny. Sometimes people just have this vision that we all eat, like, tofu at every meal. And I'm like, I hardly ever eat tofu. It's okay. If you don't like tofu, you can still be plant-based.
0: I know. I, uh, I, I discovered I have a sensitivity to 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 soy. Uh, you know, I did this like 30 day elimination diet and when I started having, you know, tofu scrambles in the morning, I started getting sort of cranky and irritable. So I cut out tofu and now people are just amazed like there's anything left. Yeah,
1: I I get that all the time. Cause my mom, it has to be soy free. And then what does she eat? I'm like
0: a lot of food. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm curious also. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I just said they all think we, you know, eat tofu with a side of tofu. I don't even remember the last time I
0: had tofu. Right. We de- we definitely need better PR. <laughs> <laughs> um, but w- one thing I'm curious about is, so you started blogging because you couldn't find a cookbook you liked. Um, were you a, a chef, a trained chef? How did you come up with, you know, no, four, um, four cookbooks now I'm full the- of recipes? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm writing my fifth. Um, our publisher keeps me very busy. Um, I actually, I'm a lawyer. I don't, I don't practice anymore. I don't have time. But I was a, originally in law school when I started um, the blog, com, And then I um, started writing books after law school because, you know, um, it wasn't until my blog was a few years old that I started actually doing books. But, yeah, I was um, a lawyer. I've never been to culinary school. And for me, I joke that when I got sent off to college, I didn't even know how to boil water to make pasta. And the first few years my husband and I were married, he did all of the cooking. And when I told him I wanted to be a vegetarian again, he was kind of like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I can figure some stuff out. And then when I was like, yeah, and I also want to take out dairy and eggs and oil, he was kind of like, have at that. I have no idea what to make (laughs) for you. (laughs) and so in a lot of ways it was a a blessing I mean I wouldn't have this career had my husband not said like okay you cook because I literally had to stumble in the kitchen and figure out how to feed myself because I never really had when I was living with my mom my mom cooked my meals she packed me a lunch you know she made dinner every night she's a great mom and then um I, you know, was in college and lived off of the dorm food or the cafeteria or ordering a pizza, and then I met my husband in in college, and so then he was responsible for feeding me. Um, So, I, yeah, I just learned, and there were a lot of (laughs) failures. I still have them sometimes. Um, But I fell in love with cooking. I really did, and I think what it was is – I just fell in love with food because it was the first time that I saw food as a way to like energize and nourish me because I always had stomach problems. I hated to eat. I just, I was so reluctant. I didn't really like anything. I can remember going to restaurants and being upset in the restaurant because nothing on the menu appealed to me. Um, and I, it, it's funny to me because I love food now and I just, I think it's because I know it feels so good and it finally tastes so good because I'm not like, you know, overloading my mouth with like fat, sugar, and oil. And um, yeah, I totally, I'm such a a different person than I was before. I think I ate like chicken nuggets and pizza and that was about my whole limit of my food. And now I eat this huge, wide variety of food. Cuisines I never would have considered ingredients. There's no way I would have eaten. So, I mean, and I hear that. My parents are the same way. I never eat Indian or Ethiopian food. It's their favorite now. I Uh get them to type try Thai food to save my life it's their favorite cuisine they make Thai food at home almost every night so i mean it's amazing to see that in people
0: right so so when we go traveling do you like you know you find out you're going to go you're going to be in uh, you know portland or something you immediately start looking for the best restaurants
1: i do sometimes um I, you know, I will look if I'm going to a place that I know that's going to have a lot of stuff. I, I will do like a search to see like what's there or whatever. But sometimes I like to just stumble into a restaurant and see what can happen. I was, um, I was in Ireland a few months ago and my husband and I were so hungry and we just stopped in this little tiny village of like maybe 300 people, one restaurant in the whole place. And I was like, Oh gosh, the best we can hope for here in a small village in Ireland is a potato. Mm-hmm. And. Turned out that the owner of this restaurant, his parents were vegetarian, and he was really knew what you know, like vegan and plant based. He understood what that meant, and he made a custom meal for us that was by far one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. And I felt like such a jerk because I'm like, here I was putting down this little tiny restaurant, this little <laughs> tiny town, not it. <laughs> <laughs> and I am thinking and the only vegan thing they're gonna have is a potato. <laughs> uh-huh. And I had an amazing it was it
0: was one of the best meals I've ever had yeah well and i I do have to say that you know i I still get that kind of that kind of you know negative assumption places, but more and more frequently you know the word is spreading people are growing in consciousness it's it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. uh, to eat well now than it was six seven eight years ago
1: oh yeah, when I was first plant based I was lucky to get white pasta, but it definitely seems like its Im improving and um, I live in California now and everyone in LA you know they're pretty much vegan <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have any problems here but I have I've traveled all around the world and I haven't had a problem and it's it, sometimes it's funny. Um, I was in Mexico with my sister last year on vacation and we'd gone through the list of all the foods we don't eat my, my sister's also plant-based' we're like we don't eat fish. Chicken, I mean, we literally, we knew every word in Spanish, and we went through our list of 15 things. And then they offered us tongue tacos. And <laughs> I just didn't even know what to do with myself at that point. I was like, no, I don't want tongue either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that gives new meaning to the phrase, bite your tongue. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean, it was—I thought it was so funny. I was like, "No, I don't want the tongue either."
0: <laughs> so, so I wanted to to ask you about—I think what you write about your the three pillars of of your veganism, because as you as you may know, um, you know, Dr. Campbell doesn't really like the words vegetarian or vegan um right. for 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 various reasons um and you know he's he's concerned mostly with the effects of foods on our health um you right. know and, and and we all i'm sure we, we, we both know vegans who eat you know just atrociously um uh, who define oh, yeah. who define themselves by what they eliminate rather than what they choose um uh, but you you're interested in health but you're also interested in a couple of other things could you talk a little bit about the th- your three pillars
1: Yeah, well, um, I find that my whole sort of lifestyle, it's like a three-legged stool. Um, I obviously care deeply about my health and the health of others, which is why I promote a whole foods plant-based diet, but I'm certainly moved by the plight of farm animals, and my husband and I are also very um, conscious of the environmental consequences of animal products and, you know, how you can really benefit the environment by leaving animal products off your plate. And there's some other issues too, like humanitarian issues, and you know, um, you know, depletion of resources, which I guess goes back to the environment, and um, just some other humanitarian resources. Like I, I've actually been to um, farms with animal rights agents and people who do undercover research to sort of exploit the animal brutality. But you know what? It's also really awful for the migrant workers too. And um, to to know the conditions that they're forced into as well as the animals is, is also just very devastating. And so it's, um, you know, I guess maybe not a three-pronged stroll, but like a five-legged table <laughs> um, for why I eat, you know, a plant-based diet. But I find with everyone, and I, I agree with, you know, Dr. Campbell that, you know, vegan in and of itself doesn't automatically mean healthy. You could eat Oreos and French fries all day and be vegan. Um but uh, I find a lot of people, even if they were initially motivated, you know, for the health benefits of a plant-based diet, like my parents, for example, as time progresses, the other issues start to come into their life too. Hmm.
0: Um, so if you're if if someone's listening to this who has been eating standard American or kind of high high dairy vegetarian, and they wanted to to explore. Um, what, what advice would you give them just just starting out?
1: You know, just take it a meal at a time. Every time that you can eat a plant-based meal, do it. You know, your body will thank you for it. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people, like you said, ease their way into it. Maybe they commit to one meal or one day a week. Before my parents were 100% plant-based, they started out with Meatless Mondays, um, which was really more like vegan Mondays because they didn't use any animal products on Monday. And then they ended up doing it two days a week and then it was three days a week. And um, then when, after my father had his heart attack, it was seven days a week, which is great. But um, you know, it's, Taking it a meal at a time is great. I always tell people not to worry about, you know, seven months from now, like someone will, it'll be their third day being plant-based in January and they're going, oh my god, what am I going to do with Thanksgiving? I'm like, you know what? Let's worry about Thanksgiving in November. Right <laughs> now, let's worry about today. Let's not worry about the barbecue in four months or Christmas in 12 months. Let's just focus on what you're going to eat for lunch.
0: Right. Great. Great. Great advice. And it also points out how, how many sort of, social and cultural um you know resting places there are for us that are kind of triggers for for standard american meat eating um you know one one of the oh things yeah like it go ahead Crazy.
1: <laughs> no i'm saying like it seems like our whole experience is linked to like meat consumption in a lot of ways like the social experience which is kind of sad
0: Right. And, you know, and as as a parent, I saw this with my kids where they were really missing out at, you know, birthday parties. You know, you, you know, people would look at me like, you're not going to let your kid have the ice cream. You're going to, you know, you're not going to let them eat the cake. Like, what kind of ogre are you? you know, I
1: yeah, I find that with the parents all the time that parents will say that because um, one, of, my husband's sister, one of her children is vegan and he doesn't. He, the child does not feel like he's missing out. He doesn't want the cupcake. He's much happier to have the bowl of fruit. But like, it's the parents, not even the other kids, that are like, oh, you're so mean for not letting him have that cupcake. It's like, what? (laughs) Does the kid look like he's in misery? He's loving his strawberries.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, I, I certainly get a lot of, um, negativity from people who think that somehow I'm attacking their lifestyle choices. Right by by eating a bowl of fruit, you know. But no, you know, at at this thing I was at last week at dinner, I didn't have the uh, you know the cannoli cake, which was an awesomely (laughs) elaborate thing with a cannoli on top of a piece of cake, you know. And I just don't think I've
1: ever. But that sounds crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was it was remarkable. You know, to, to their credit, most of the people at the table could not finish it. But I just said, you know, and I saw they had like <laughs> some some blueberries, like three blueberries on each plate as garnish. And I said, could you like round up a whole herd of those and give them to me in a bowl? Yeah,
1: you know, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, like, people were. But you I know, that all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they they felt like my when- my my sitting there enjoying my fruit was some sort of commentary on their life.
1: Oh, I know. It's, it's amazing. I, I hear that all the time. And I certainly experienced that. I, I love to tell a story. I went, when I went, um, plant-based, I lived in Boston, which is a very meat and seafood-centric city. And I had this one friend, which I use, you know, friend in quotes, who was just so upset by my choice not to put meat on my plate. But, I mean, the pinnacle end of our friendship was when she was like, well, I'm just going to go buy meat and throw it away to make up for your lack of consumption. And this just blew my mind. I was like, okay, even if you fundamentally disagree with me on whether or not one should eat meat, why don't you go buy it and spend your money on it to throw it away? <laughs> like, I could, I mean, I still do kind of scratcher, But, um, you yeah, know, I find people are, like, deeply offended by I don't have to say anything at all. I am just like you sit there eating my bowl of blueberries and people think I'm somehow commenting and I'm just I'm just eating my blueberries. But I I found and what I like to always tell my clients is you become a mirror and people don't like what they see and so to feel better about themselves they attack you and it's always about the person attacking and not the person who's being attacked. Like in every instance someone has gotten upset with me because I ordered a salad, it was about them. I mean clearly it was not about the salad. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Yeah. One, one of the things I realized is, you know, when I was starting to transition and I was talking with people and we would go to, you know, to a, a retreat and we'd get all this great food and then we'd come back and we'd discuss how hard it was to keep it up. I, I grew up in a moderately religious Jewish community where a lot of people kept kosher. And I and I just noticed that those people who kept kosher were never like walking around going, oh, God, am I going to, can I, can I avoid that cheeseburger today? Am I going to eat those shrimp? Like, it just, it wasn't part of their consciousness. And it's coming, coming back to that idea of of identity. And and one thing I loved about that. That's your,
1: a really good point. Yeah. Um, Sorry. We, so, <laughs> I just
0: had to say what a no, great you point can, that was. You can interrupt me to compliment me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I said, one of the things I loved about your the, the three prongs is that, you know, if you're, if, if you're not feeling one of them one day, <laughs> the other two can support you. So it becomes a whole expression of of who you are, you know, for, I never thought about eating as particularly like sacred until pretty recently where, you know, it's like the most intimate interaction we have with our universe is that we're taking something from the outside. That's being like sort of freely provided and we're making it part of ourselves. And like, I'm like, wow, that's, that's like deep. I, (laughs) I should do that consciously.
1: Yeah. I just, I really just love that comment about growing up, because I have, um, I'm from New York, and I have a lot of friends who keep very strict kosher, um, they're Jewish as well, and that's such an amazing point, because they really, my friends won't even eat in like um, a restaurant that's not kosher, I mean, they're very, very strict about what they will and won't eat, and I've never heard them say that, that's really amazing, I mean, I don't know why it never occurred to me, and I'm just like, my mind's blown, but I've never ever heard them complain and it, it has to i imagine it has to be challenging for them even though they're omnivore um just to even be in a a restaurant among co-workers because they wouldn't i don't think they'd be able to eat because the restaurant's not kosher but yeah like you said they never i never never want to have heard them complain or yeah. remarked at a challenge
0: right and and which which kind of brings me to the to the closing here is that you know Great appreciation for you for the work you do. I think one of the things you're doing with with the blog, with with telling your story in such a sort of human, you know, folksy way, with sharing all these recipes, with sharing that you were never a great cook until you kind of, you know, struggled with it, um, is that you're helping to create a community. And really, what the what the kosher community is is a community of people who kind of get together and support each other and create new norms. So instead of having to struggle at the barbecue on July fourth or the the Thanksgiving dinner in in November, um, we find like-minded people who can help us until we're strong enough to, you know, to venture out into the world.
1: Um, Yeah. I love that about the internet is, you know, I have made so many great friends from the internet that I have not met in person, but they are very important to my life. And I know being the only vegan I knew in Boston at the time, it meant so much to me to meet other people online who were doing what I was doing. Even if they were, you know, a thousand miles away, it was so nice to have that circle of acceptance and common ground.
0: Yeah. So for people who want to find out more about you, about your work, Um, where can they go?
1: Well, my website is happyherbivore.com, and then there's also um, Happy Herbivore Facebook page, which is an amazing place to go if you are looking to make a friend or to know someone. Um, The Facebook page is a huge wall of love and support and community, and um, everyone is welcome. You don't have to be 100% plant-based to be part of the community. They call themselves Herbies, and they're, (laughs) they're amazing. Every day... I just look at how wonderful the community is. And, um, and then there's the, Ch- the China community website, too, which is also awesome. Love that. Um, so both, are, both of those are good places to go.
0: Okay. Awesome. So which one of your books should people buy first? Which is the, sort of the easiest for someone who's looking to transition?
1: Well, they're all very different. So um, the Happy Herbivore Cookbook is all about comfort food. It is healthy, low-fat, oil-free, plant-based, vegan versions of things that you used to eat, like cinnamon buns, or meatballs, or burgers, or macaroni and cheese, so a lot of those sort of comfort foods, it's all, that book is all about having new versions of it. Everyday Happy Herbivore is all about sort of like back to the basics, quick and easy. Um, everything comes together in like 5 to 15 minutes, it's, you know, there's shortest amount of ingredients it's just you know really back to basics i lived on a small island in the caribbean when i wrote that book and i had to cook three meals a day because there was nowhere for my husband and i to go to eat so that book sort of celebrates like cooking from scratch three times a day but not it's not elaborate it's you know quick easy let me feed myself Mm -hmm. and then my third book happy hope of war abroad is all international dishes um it's healthy plant-based oil-free low-fat versions of you know, traditional things like cacciatore or, you know, something like that. So depending on what someone is really into, you know, if they want quick and easy, if they want their pizza again, comfort foods, you know, that I would pick based on, you know, what kind of drives you. But, um, of course I'm going to recommend all of them equally. <laughs> well,
0: I think, I think and that- my new book
1: that- will be out in December.
0: Okay, can you tell us what the new book is?
1: Yep. It's called happy herbivore light and lean. Um, and it's, Celebrating um, the whole, like the whole health component, you know, um, exercise for a healthy body that also gives a healthy mind, and then recipes that are really light. Um, that they're I focus on caloric density. You know, less is more, so you get more food, less calories. So it's 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 a great book for total health.
0: Awesome, I, I love the way you just described the, those three because I was immediately thinking about different people and you know that I know and and their main objection, like, oh, I just don't have time or I could, uh, never every do,
1: for them. <laughs> I could
0: never do without that. the mac and cheese, or I really miss, P, or, you know, my weakness is X, right? When I hear right. people mm-hmm. like, my weakness is X, it sounds like the the happy herbivore is is the cure for that one.
1: Would be for them.
0: And for people who feel like, um, you know, I was, t- I was talking to a guy who was, um, he'd gone totally plant-based, and then he said, you know, I added back about like a teaspoon of oil a day just because I didn't want to, like, cut myself off from, like, the world's culinary cuisine, you know, the cuisine of the world. Um, and so for someone like that, the abroad sounds like it would be great, a great way for them to, to kind of stay in touch with their, uh, haute cuisine desires.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I try to do with every book that I write. I try to hit a new, like, audience, or, like you said, an objection um to sort of prove that you can really have it all and that was sort of my thing with abroad is people thought that like, oh well if I'm plant based and I have to eat tofu and you know beans with a side of rice and it's like, Oh, you can still eat all the even French food, you can eat it, you can eat it healthy. <laughs> oh France is a fun always a fun place. I um I lived on a French island for a year and trying to explain to French that butter is not a vegetable is, is an, <laughs> an amazing experience. They just like the chefs I worked with a bunch of chefs because the we were there because my husband worked for a hotel chain and we got um, basically sent down there for a year for my husband to work at the hotel on that island. Um, and uh, there was a, a celebrity who came, Shania Twain, and she and her family eat a predominantly plant-based diet. And so they're like, oh, my gosh, Scott's wife's going to have to come cook because we, nobody knows how to cook vegan. I think going to have to come do it. And so I had to teach the chefs how to make all of these, like, vegan and plant-based options for Shania Twain and anyone else who came. And the French chefs were just like so shocked that I did not think butter was like this n- integral thing <laughs> every dish. But by the end of my time there, they all realized that butter was not essential. It was, it was amazing. They started making things without butter. And I was like, good job, guys.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, so uh, what? what else are you working on besides the cookbooks that folks should know about?
1: Um, we also have a seven-day meal plan service called Get Meal Plans, and it's at getmealplans.com, and it's really great for people who are starting out or want to eat better or just, you know, need some guidance on how to eat a whole foods, plant-based diet. And basically, when you start with the meal plan, you get um, all of your meals for the week, you get a shopping list, you get a recipe. So you just go to the store, buy the stuff, prepare it, and you have food. And it's that's really wonderful for people who are starting out. And another thing we have is we have a three-day reboot and a 10-day cleanse immersion, which are sort of just like shorter kind of versions where you do it for three to 10 days, sort of like detox, jumpstart, you know, eat some yummy plant-based food, heal your body. Um, and you learn some stuff, you know, about like habits and nutrition. So they're both fun programs as well.
0: Awesome. So it sounds like – like um... You know, when we try to teach people, we really want to give them the basic principles and empower them to make their own choices and use their own judgment. And yet I find when I'm trying to learn something new, that's kind of the last thing I want (laughs) is, is those, you know, having those extra brain cycles. I just, you know, I'll learn it from, from experience, but it sounds so great to just, you know, just tell me what to do. Don't make me think. Let me, let me do what I already know how to do.
1: Right, yeah, some people like that you know kind of helping hand that coach that buddy, and that's what it's for
0: Yeah, uh, well you know i, I uh, I've been working out for for years and years, and every so often I get bored with what I'm doing and I look for something else and I just found this like two dollar app that basically just tells me what to do like every three minutes it just tells me something, and I have to tell you it's it's like really relaxing to just be told what yeah. to do by by someone who and has now a I want of, you know, this app. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll email it to you. I don't want to distract people from your wonderful stuff, but but yeah. it, so, it sounds like that's what so it's getmealplans.com? dot com. Yep,
1: getmealplans.com. and the reboot and cleanse are um,
0: reboot cleanse nine one one dot com. nine one one dot com and can people find those links also from happyherbivore.com? dot com?
1: Of course, mm-hmm.
0: yes. Cool. So this is this is a way to. To kind of to kind of jump in and experience the benefits, just as as a beginner or as someone who just has a lot of other stuff going on, like I, I, I yeah, read- I
1: mean a lot of.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I I read a profile of uh, President Obama. I think it was in Esquire magazine. It said, like, he only has, like, two color shirts and and one type of suit because he he read somewhere that, like, every decision we make takes some amount of mental energy. And if we're just making lots and lots of, like, trivial decisions all the time, we don't have energy for the big ones. So it sounds like as people are are starting out that you're kind of – Removing that all that friction and just saying don't don't make decisions now. Just take it easy and allow yourself to kind of settle into this joyous and and life giving uh, lifestyle.
1: Right. Yeah, we're doing all of the work for you, and um, a lot of our users, you know, they are newbies and they don't they have no idea where to start. And then we have um, a lot of users who are like Lindsay. I just want you to do the work for me. You know, I just I know that you're going to make sure I eat healthy and I eat right, and I won't have to think about it. I just buy your meal plan. And um, that's what I love the most is the people that it helps out because they're really busy or maybe they're moms and they need a family meal plan and they don't want to think about dinner planning because they have 8 million other things to do because they're moms. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great for a lot of different people for, you know, various needs.
0: Awesome. So we've got the the reboot, the cleanse, and the meal plan. So it's it sounds like you're you're kind of taking your your yourself as your market, hearkening back to when you were just starting out and kind of a kitchen klutz, you know, kind of stuff that would have been really mm-hmm. helpful, to, helpful to you. Oh, God,
1: I would have loved this back then.
0: <laughs> awesome. So any, anyone who's in that in that place, either not sure what to do, or just frankly you don't have the time, or you do have the time, but you'd rather spend it elsewhere. It sounds like these are, are, really awesome, uh, services that you're providing for folks.
1: I, I love them.
0: Well, Lindsay Nixon, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to, to meeting you and finding our paths crossing somewhere someday. And I'm really looking forward yes, to- Yes,
1: hopefully soon.
0: Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, the cookbooks. And, uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, posting, you know, badly lit photos. <laughs> of of my attempts to make them on on the internet.
1: Oh, I can't wait to see it. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun.
0: All right. Well, take care. Have a a great day, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: All right. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Bye.